Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to Millman Podcast. Another episode, another guest. Today we have Roman with us, founder of uh, OneDesk. OneDesk, uh, in his words, is a cleaning services company. If you are in US, if you need anything to be cleaned, be it uh, your office, table, anything, just uh, reach out to them. Uh, we'll know more about his life, his journey right now. Hello, Roman. Welcome to the episode. Hey, thanks for having me. Okay, Rowan, so to start with, uh, why don't you take a couple of minutes and just tell us what do you do right now? Um, yeah, so right now I'm currently working on OneDesk, which is a project that is a software company that what we do is basically provide a platform for office managers and anyone looking to book commercial cleaning services. They can go online, they can book whatever they need, and they can manage everything all through the OneDesk platform. So they can chat with their cleaners, see when their cleaners are coming, chat with us, uh, they can schedule services, handle all invoicing, everything is handled all through one desk. Oh, fantastic. So if I have to imagine, could I imagine it as like a Uber for cleaning services? Yes, kind of like an Uber for commercial cleaning services. Commercial cleaning services, fantastic. Yep, okay, so I'm, this might get a little personal, but uh, how did you stumble upon this problem? I mean, what were you doing before one desk that you finally saw this problem in the commercial cleaning services space, and then you decided, hey, I am passionate about solving this problem. What really ha happened? Yeah, definitely. So my journey goes all the way back to just regular residential cleaning. My family's had a residential cleaning company for a while. Um, so I started working with them and I wanted to bring like a tech side to it. And I wondered, you know, how can I make this more available online? I think some of the methods that are used today to book these services are a little outdated, manage them. so. Uh, I used, I created basically a online booking form where people would go online and they would book house cleaning services without actually having to do a walkthrough with a house cleaning company. So you could go online and say, I got a three bedroom house, two bathrooms, this many square feet, I want cleaning once a week. And it would just shoot you out a number and you could book it directly online. So I did that for a while. Um, and then I decided to get into the commercial cleaning space. I wanted to do more B2B. So I opened up a commercial cleaning company I did that for five years and it was just a regular con, uh, company where we had, you know, employees doing cleaning services for all sorts of commercial properties. And then I wanted to introduce the tech side to this industry as well. And that's when the idea was, you know, a lot of the pain points these offices are experiencing can be solved through software. So if they don't know how to get a hold of their cleaners and they're calling them and it's not working out, you know, they can quickly go on the platform, message us. We kind of take it from there. If they want to book services and they don't necessarily want to get on the phone and you know hear a whole long pitch, they can just go on our platform and you know get exactly what they're looking for. And then finances was a very difficult part of the industry. People were confused. Um, some people were mailing invoices. Some people were sending invoices after each cleaning and stuff. So we also brought that to the platform where we said basically, you know, here's a an option where you can just get one invoice for all the services that you booked all month directly within the platform. And uh, yeah, so we launched it a year ago and we're about a year in right now. And we have offices all over the country booking all types of cleaning services through our platform. Ah, wow. So there was a lot of happening within the last one year. Okay, so let me start yeah. one question at a time. Uh, so I was checking online and it lists you as a co-founder. Who is your partner? Yeah, so my partner, my partner is Daniel Cherniak. He is more of the tech side. He's the CTO, so his background, um, he's worked for startups uh, in Silicon Valley and things like that. So mm -hmm. he's very involved in the tech side. So he so he brought the tech into, you know, OneDesk and I brought the industry expertise. Oh, wow. 
Yep. What a what a what a fantastic combination. And uh, okay, so I'm trying to just understand. Uh, do you run this business now as a tech company or more like a family business? Because the roots were from uh, the family business. Yep. Yes. Yeah. So the family business is completely separate. It's actually still operating. It's still in uh, Minneapolis. Still a local servicing company. Um, so this is very much its own thing. It's very separate. Uh, this is, you know, in the commercial space. Um, but yeah, so we're, you know, we have two sides to us. We have this platform, but then on top of this platform, we don't just hand the platform over to our users and say, here you go. You know, you can use this to do everything with your cleaners. We actually manage the whole operation as well. We're involved in every process. So we're this, you know, cleaning company. And then we have this tech side of us where it's tools that make everything easier for you to communicate with us and us to communicate with you and do everything all from you know one area. Wow. And how did you get your first 10 customers? Like, what was the process like? Did you went on to these offices and knocked on the door? Uh, what uh, really happened? So we tried doing that. We actually knocked on thousands of doors and we brought donuts and everything. And we figured that, you know, outbound is a very hard, hard, hard approach. So we decided to start, which I don't think is so typical, but we decided to start with inbound. Um, we realized okay. there were some channels that we could really drive, um, you know, some SEO, things like that, that we started working on. And so our first 10 customers for customers that just reached out to us um, and came, they were inbound customers. Wow, like how, how, how would somebody even get to know about uh, the existence of a services like yours, uh, yeah. even when um, you were not in business? I mean, you just started, I mean, this is something that every startup looks forward to. They yeah. have something and people come to them. Uh, how, how did you achieve that? Yeah, so actually, so we started ranking very, very quick for certain keywords around um, in our space. A lot of other companies, they're, uh, you know, it's a very competitive market, but however, there's not a lot going on in terms of digital marketing, things like that. So we started mm -hmm. actually ranking pretty well for certain keywords around our services. Um, mm -hmm. But actually, the first couple of people that reached out to us were, believe it or not, from Craigslist. We just put up some ads on oh. Craigslist and we just said, you wow. know, we're, we're like we're under the services categories, you know, we are a service company. This is the service we provide. And then on top of that, we also are this platform that makes the services managing and everything easier. So that was where our initial first time customers came from. Incredible. Okay. So this could be a little uh, difficult question, but uh, uh, you are in a commercial cleaning services for last yep. one year and the world is in lockdown working from home last one year. Yeah. How was the journey? Yes, it was very interesting. So to touch on that, we actually launched March 1st. So <laughs> we launched two weeks later. Um, we actually had already some requests come in. So we had built up a lead list and literally the world shut down. So we thought, okay, okay you know what? It's not a big deal because back then, I don't know if you, were, if you can recall, we all thought that this was going to last one week, maybe yes. two weeks max and we were going to get back. So we thought, hey, you know, this is great for our business because, uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, it's very sad with what's going on, but it could be potentially good for the business because everyone's going to go back to work in two weeks and mm -hmm. we're going to have an influx of customers. So as you and I, I guess, both know that did not end up happening. <laughs> um, yeah. What's no back to work return? So basically, you know, we realized, look, there we have to pivot a little bit. We have to focus on only the people that are going back to work because, offices are not going to open up and it's month two, you know, month three offices are not going back. I mean, it's a year later and still offices. So many of the office markets not even back. So mm -hmm. we had to basically find industries that were still operating under the okay. COVID restrictions. So daycares, um, you know, hospitals, clinics, 
certain industries, preschools, for example, and the, initially certain industries were still not, uh, they, they were still running and operating. So we had to learn how to market specifically for those industries and how to do outbound and reach out to the you know people that were still even going anywhere outside of their home. Got it, got it. But but you um, but but the uh, idea of venturing into residential cleaning services never crossed your mind. So no, residential didn't because it did for a little bit. We tried it actually for a second, okay. but it ultimately ended up being that people were still scared to let people into their home. I see. Um, I see. So, so we actually pivoted a little bit during this time as well and started selling. Uh, we we started an e-commerce shop right on our website. We noticed mm-hmm. that a lot of people were requesting certain products. Uh, directly related to disinfecting services and things like that. So we we started learning more about the disinfection space and how to do you know COVID mm-hmm. cleanings using EPA approved products. And there was such a demand for these products that we actually ended up selling them ourselves through our store because we realized we could quickly help people understand what these products are and uh, you know how much they cost, how to operate them. So we put them directly in our sh- in our shop and started partnering up with a lot of the manufacturers who make these products. So. We pivoted in the middle of this, and now we're also uh, e-commerce platform as well. Wow, this is inspiring. This is inspiring. Okay, Roman. So, for last one year, now we know you were doing one desk. What did yeah. you do before this? Before that? Before that? And before that? I mean, what what what, what was your career like? Yeah, so it's, I've always been in the cleaning space since day one. Straight after okay. high school, I, I jumped right into this cleaning space. Joined my family who was doing the, you know, residential back then. And mm-hmm. it's, um, I guess I've been the last 10 years, it's just been, everything's been around cleaning for me, cleaning. And then I've had this interest in tech and using software and solutions online and all the digital space. So I kind of merged the two and that's how one does, yeah, you know, came. Ah, brilliant, brilliant. Okay. Yeah. So uh, how big is the team right now? The team right now is actually just um, four of us on the back end. And we have partnered up with, I want to say around 30, 40 different vendors across the country that are actually doing the services and everything. Um, Yeah, but as far as we keep it pretty lean, we wanted to, you know, get the product out there quick. Um, And uh, yes, the people that are servicing, you know, these accounts of ours, there's partners across the nation that we partner up with. And we have, yeah, roughly about 30 to 40 of them that we work closely with. Fantastic. I ask this because now I... I want to know what does a typical day look like? Uh, what time do you get up? How many calls do you do? How many meetings do you do? Uh, what kind of collaboration or meetings, uh, if you do any, what 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 does your what what does those meetings look like? Uh, tell me a little bit about your day. Yes. Yeah, definitely. So I tried to. We, we're trying to do a lot of partnerships right now. Partner up with, uh, you know, besides just partnering with different cleaning companies, we're partnering up with companies that sell specific cleaning products. And so a lot of my day is having meetings with these companies. So. Typically, okay. you know, a day starts for me roughly around eight o'clock. So that's when I'll jump on a, a call. Mm-hmm. Um, we're basically talking to nationwide companies, seeing if we can expand on their product line, seeing if their products work for offices, for our customers. And then um, the other half of my meetings is talking to our actual customers, seeing how mm-hmm. things are going, seeing how everything's going with the platform, um, you know, figuring out what we what we can do to make sure that Everyone in their office is safe and know that they have a good service coming out, disinfecting. Um, so yeah, it's a lot of a lot of back-to-back meetings recently. <laughs> okay, uh, so uh, it, is it mostly throughout the day these meetings happen, or do you kind of try to block them or off in a couple of hours, on a few hours per day? Yeah, so I try to have them set for the morning. Morning times typically best, so I can just get them out the way and get the day started. 
um, okay. as early as they can. Uh, we'll obviously, you know, adapt to our customers and if they need us to meet with them later in the day, of course, we'll do that. But I try to set most of my meetings up for as early as possible to get that out of the workday. Got it. And uh, um, then there's the afternoon and then what, what happens uh, towards the second part of the day? Yeah, so more meetings. More meetings, yeah. Um, okay. The second part of the day is a lot more of our just managing our pipelines. So, right, a customer reaches out to us, or we reach out to a customer, or to a lead reaches out to us, or we reach out to them. And, you know, me and one other person on our team, we're working daily to push them through our pipeline from initial from the initial contact all the way to us servicing them. So, if it's an existing customer, you know, we could be working on any support that they have. Or if it's someone new, we could be, you know, sending out a proposal to them. So most of my day is spent right now working on, uh, you know, our sales funnel and driving customers through and helping them with each step of the way. Got it. I'm really interested in that uh, on those in, in in those meetings that happen with customers for feedback. Building a company, uh, I'm sure you would agree to a certain extent that uh, customers do not always know what do they want, but they definitely tell you the problems. Yes, definitely. Uh, how how do you how do you carry out those meetings? Um, how do you leave the customer feeling after those meetings? Because sometimes in your head you are like, I know this is a problem, but we'll take a longer route, which is better for the product as a technology uh, to solve it instead of just giving you one more option in in the dashboard. Uh, what are those meetings like? Um, how do you uh, make your customers feel at the end of those meetings? And how do you do these meetings productively? Yeah, so luckily for us, it's the same problems over and over in our industry. I um, mean, you know, we're not doing anything extremely complex. You know, we're going on space cleaning it. And on the back end, the platform is helping them manage, uh, the, you know, the whole service. So it, we hear the continuously the same problems over and over. So, you know, if we hear 10 problems, uh, 10 customers complain about something, whether it's through the service or through anything, it's always the exact same 10 problems. So it's super easy for us to solve that. And that's kind of what the, you know, the foundation of why we built the platform. Um, but really, yeah, so we'll, you know, we'll talk with our team, you know, our customer, we do have to tweak some stuff. A, a quick hack that I've kind of realized is instead of, you know, going into the software and adding, like you said, a whole new feature, a whole new this that could only be suitable for one customer and nothing else. Uh, we basically just kind of adapt on our end to fix that particular problem for that uh, for that customer by, you know, even something as simple as like a G sheet. So a customer says, Hey, I want this to be green on the calendar. That could take us, you know, a while. Every time you come, I want it to be green. Every time you don't come, I want it to be red. Instead mm -hmm. of, oh, that's not something that most of our customers, you know, have requested in the past. So instead of going in and breaking everything down, we'll just simply go into G sheet and create this calendar for them, share the link with them within the platform. And then that way, every time they're in the platform, they can hit, you know, the messages tab, see the link, so we're, we're open to, you know, having each customer's problems not solved directly in the platform. I mean, it, it's in the platform because they can access it, but really there's all these, you know, hacky ways that you can fix their problems fairly quick because ultimately oh. they're looking to get their problems solved as quick as possible. Oh, fantastic. And if you see uh, something that you're doing over and over again manually, then you can finally get something built exactly. in there. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I Oh, this is fantastic. This is fantastic because uh, so uh, this actually leaves the customers happy because actually they got a solution, even yep. though the solution was not too tech heavy. They actually yep. they solved the problem. Uh, but if too many people have the same problem, then actually they get a new feature in the product. Fantastic. Yep. You got it. Fantastic. Roman, okay. So uh, I am one of those people who hate meetings. 
I yeah. try to do as few meetings as possible uh, because uh, maybe because of uh, uh, me being uh, a huge introvert. Whenever yeah. I do long meetings, I feel a little drained. But your work, your day revolves around having too many conversations with people throughout the day. Yeah. Have you ever felt burned out? Oh, yes, definitely. Yeah. So uh, my partner is very, very, uh, I guess maybe that's why he's not here with us today. He's okay. very, uh, he has the same mindset. He, you know, he thinks in general, just most meetings can actually be avoided and they can be quickly. You know, yeah, yeah, definitely. So uh, most of my meetings, I try to base them around, you know, what is the goal of the meeting? What are we trying to accomplish? And what is our next steps? What, you know, I always try to get mm -hmm actionable steps. I ask people then every, every email, every meeting, you know, what is the actionable step here? What are we doing? Because otherwise, if we don't come up with a plan, we can get on these meetings every single day for five hours yes. and just talk and chat. Yes. And you tell me about this and about every, you, you know, we, I, I try to lay out principles right away around, you know, mm -hmm. what are we trying to accomplish? How do we do it? And then what's the next actionable step? Because like you said, otherwise, you're going to burn out. And I have gotten a lot of burnout. Um, luckily, we recently brought on someone to help um, with, you know, the management of the sales pipeline. So a lot of my time now is spent training them and going through that. But before that, I got to a point where it was very burnout because just meeting after meeting and now you're doing sales calls. Um, yeah, so I'm a huge, huge supporter of just killing the meeting as, as you know, wherever you can. Fantastic. Um, okay, so uh, when is the last time did you feel that you are on the path, on the trajectory of burning out or have you already burned out? When was the last time? How, how far how, uh, far ago that uh, was this? Yeah, it was only about like, I would say a month, two months ago, earlier in the, yeah, earlier in the year, right after like New Year's is when I really felt that, you know, business is picking up at the end of the year, people are coming back to the office. People are looking to renew their, you know, office cleaning contracts. We're getting tons of inbound stuff happening. And that's when, you know, I started feeling a little bit of a burnout for sure, because it was just and working at night, working at day. And what did you do then? Um, did you take some time off work or did you go somewhere? What really did you do? Um, so, you know, I have this uh, this interesting concept that not a lot of people, I guess, well, really follow. A lot of people, what happens is, uh, you know, when they go through these burnouts, I've talked to people who have, they really like take a day off or they take two days off and they really focus on themselves. And they mm -hmm. they think, you know, how can I take a break? What let, let me read some books. Let me relax. What can I do to make myself better? So I have a different solution that works for me okay. very well and might be very, very strange. But what I do is I, I tend to like just get the idea of me out of my head. So instead of really, it seems counterproductive, but instead of being focused on, you know, what do I do to make myself better? Maybe I'll pause for two days. Maybe I'll go on a walk. Instead of what I do is I just make it about other people. So I stop focusing on myself. And I go and I hang out with my wife. I go and I hang out with my sister. I go and I hang out with my family. You know, I hang out with them. I talk to them about what's going on in their life, you know, how I can improve their life. And in return, what I get is a sense of like refresh. That's my, so, so that wow. no longer is my brain just focused on me, me, me. How do I make myself better? I'm burning out. I go and I, you know, people that I love, people that are close to me, I, spe I spend time with them. I hear what's going on in their life. I catch up with them. And that instantly brings me back to like a refreshed state where, you know, it's no longer about me and my problems. There's more, you know, there's more, more to it than, than just me. And that, that helps me definitely prevent burnt out because that's, you know, after two days of doing that, spending quality time with people, you know, loved ones and close ones, it's just this instant kind of relief. Ah, this is fantastic. Uh, yep. 
I I kind of uh, like this approach where instead of uh, isolating yourself uh, maybe with a book or yeah. just uh, with yourself you force yourself not really force yourself so yourself but actually you make the effort to go out step out still meet yeah. people and but different sort of people different sort of conversations different sort of uh, environment that yeah. actually changes things oh fantastic yeah. fantastic yeah. yeah definitely yeah okay roman so uh as a fellow business founder yeah uh you get ton of things every single day every single week trying to just take your attention yeah this could be phone calls this could be uh, partnership proposals this could be strategic partnerships this could be any emails meeting requests anything how do you choose which things out of these things you say yes to and to which things do you say no to how do you yeah. really choose Yep. So initially, you know, when when having a startup, you want to say yes to everything. You think everything is an yes. opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, learn quickly that if you say yes to everything, you'll just, you know, you'll really die. So now I have a very, very no, you know, uh, no approach. I'm not. Familiar, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Deep Work and yes, Cal Newport I, and like this work, but I'm I'm very into the idea of, you know, it's okay for me to not even respond to an email. Um, I try to archive as many emails as I can. even if okay. there might be something there if it's if i'm busy and i'm working on something and i think you know saying yes to this email or to this project is going to potentially hurt something that i'm already involved with i'll just archive it i'll even snooze i'm very big on the snooze button in the in the emails mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if i see an email that i think could interest me and i know you know i have a deadline of another project that needs to be done in a month i'll snooze that email in a month i'll revisit them in a month and say you know i i don't I'm not big on the oh my gosh I'm so sorry I missed your email. You know, I'm very going back to deep work. I don't think we owe every single person who tries to communicate with us a response and at the same time I don't think we owe them an explanation why we didn't respond outside okay. of you know, just schedule conflicts. So I'm very I try to keep like emails everything as lean as possible. So I'm very very and I'm also very okay lately with just ignoring emails and or just simply saying, you know, it's a scheduling conflict it doesn't work. you know and moving on otherwise you just get in these threads and these loops and this and i've learned that it's better to just help either you know literally ignore people or tell them i'm not you know i'm not interested or i'm not available instead of coming up with these excuses and then they you know think maybe there's a chance that they can still retain you working with them on this project or something like that so um so yeah so most of my day i try to say no to everything and okay. only say yes to the things that i really could see beneficial or at the very least just say uh you know no not at this time so to me either something is no or it I'll revisit it or it's a yes and my mindset is to assume that everything is a no it's just it's it's, it's a lot, lot easier to work that way for me got it and what are those things to, uh, to which you say yes to are, uh, are those directly related to your business your personal life like what are those things yeah so most of the business stuff that i'm very you know that i say yes to are things First of all they they come around a time where I have uh, the capacity to do it you know so like now we're bringing on some help so potentially I could have an hour or two a day extra to work on something else within our business mm-hmm. of course so somebody reaches out you know I'll scan through all of our opportunities and partnerships people trying to you know partner with our company at that point you know if it seems interesting and something that could help grow our business you know I could commit to a quick meeting seeing if there's some synergy involved something that we could work but um but yeah so a lot of it's work related things only when i find that you know one or two hours a day i'm actually able to commit to that got it 
Okay, so twisted question now. Have you ever said yes to something where you already knew you would not get anything out of it, but it's maybe the other person who is requesting maybe a 15 minute call with you or anything uh, might change a huge thing in his or her life. Have you said yes to those things where you absolutely got nothing out of it, but the other person might have? Yeah, initially when we started, I said yes to everything because I thought everything was an opportunity you know, to help grow our company. Um, but I really quickly realized I don't have time. There's only 24 hours in a day. And once I started saying no to things, um, there was certain gray area thing requests, mm -hmm. right? So there's certain requests where I, I wasn't sure and I gave people a try, but there was also just, you know, some people are, they're really good at sales, even when they're, you know, pitching someone who also does sales. And I knew they were so persistent. They were so consistent with the request that I said, you know, I, let's, I'm not, I, I'm pretty, um, I was, I was almost confident that there would not go anywhere, but I still okay. wanted to, you know, I appreciate it and I admired their approach so much that I gave them, you know, a chance. Oh, fantastic. Okay. So I read this somewhere on the internet. Um, it went something like this, uh, that we are not working from home. We are living at work and, <laughs> yeah. and the idea of, and idea of maybe this was on Twitter and the idea of this tweet was that uh, now our work and our lives are no more separate. I mean, there's no 6 p.m. or 5 p.m. where you wrap up your day, you go back to your home and then you do not think about work. Yeah. Uh, in such a day, especially um, when your business was built over the last year, which was the coronavirus year, uh, how did you find work-life balance? Yeah, um, so I think the, the term work-life balance is a joke overall because like you said, it's not, there, it's it's very, very, you know, I, I talk to people who think they figured it out and then you ask them some questions and they don't have it figured out. You know, I, I talked to a guy who said, I have work-life balance figured out. And I said, really, this is why are you talking to me at 930 at night? Shouldn't you be, okay. you know, managing the life part of work-life balance? Um, okay. So, so, yeah, so I really like that quote. I did try to spend the majority of my time over the last year at WeWork. Um, so I okay. was very big on separating, um, you know, I'm very big on doing deep work and producing quality things. And for me to do that, I just can't do it at home. So I do work okay. from home when you're speaking to me right now from my house. But if I want to do something, if I want to, you know, 90 minutes work on something very productive, something just focus and concentrate, something that's going to actually impact the world and, and, and make a change and produce something of value, there's absolutely no way that I'm going to do that in my house. I'm between okay. the doorbell, the dogs and everything. I just, I just don't believe it. And unless people have created these insane isolation, like tanks in their home and they put a lock on it. So no one can comes in. I don't believe that people are producing the best work that they could be from their home simply because it's so easy to get distracted. You know, so I would, so I'll work from home. I'll go on meetings even because that's to me, meetings, emails, it's all shallow work. This isn't stuff that's ever going to you know, change anything big. Good things will come out of it, but ultimately, you know, to produce quality things, I need to be isolated. So I'll work from home and do, you know, the shallow stuff, the emails, the calls, but then when I really want to just shut off and just concentrate and do something, uh, you know, work on something, think of something, do some research, I'll grab my laptop and I'll definitely get out of my house because I'll go to WeWork, I'll close up in a door there, I'll put my headphones on, I, you know, I have the frosted glass so no one can see me and I don't see anyone, and I just <laughs> okay. shut off for 90 minutes, and in that 90 minutes I could probably do some quality stuff that I would never be able to, not probably, certainly do some things there 
work on some projects that I would never be able to accomplish at home. I see. This is brilliant. Okay. Yep. So uh, let me ask you this question. Uh, what do you prefer more work before 2020 or work after 2020? I mean, the state of work. Yeah. So I, I really like the new concept now that companies are realizing you don't need, you know, you don't need to be with your team holding mm-hmm. hands every five seconds. Uh, I like that you can collab. People are starting to realize you can collaborate with other people, you know, that are in different states and different things like that. So the opportunities to grow your, you know, your, uh, your team or even your uh, customers is so much so it's so much more broad now. So I'm a big fan of how it is now. And so to this, so I think right around this week, actually, um, it marks a year since I've seen my co-founder in person. Oh, so I have not seen my co-founder in actual person, like for, yeah, about a year. This week is exactly a year since we've actually seen each other. And we built this, you know, startup and everything. And I would say our first year was a huge success. So I think it's opening up the eyes many people i think it's many people they would never this is an experiment that would have never happened you could never do an experiment before 2020 and said what if everybody worked from home what would what were what would the work life look like you know what would the work day yes. look like you couldn't you could experiment on you know a few people maybe a, a thousand people and maybe at most ten thousand people but you certainly couldn't convince an entire nation uh, to hop on board to some experiments so uh, to answer your question i'm a big fan of it i i do think that I think we're going to see people who still return to the office. I'm, I'm bullish on the return to the office. Um, okay. But I think there's going to be a different approach. I think it's no longer, you need to be here at 9 a.m. and clock in. I think it's, you know, we should have a team meeting on Fridays and everyone hang out and meet. We haven't seen each other because I do think face-to-face interaction with your team it helps with you know collaboration mm-hmm. and things like that. But at the same time, if I don't want to go into work today and I just feel like I'll get the most mm-hmm. activity done from, you know, if I lock myself in another, in a coffee shop or something like that, I'm glad that that's an option now. So I'm glad that people open their eyes up to it. And I'm very, uh, I'm very for it. Fantastic. Okay. So talking of productivity, you just mentioned about, uh, do you have any productivity routines or systems that make sure you can get consistent output week after week? Uh, yeah, definitely. So okay. I, I follow, um, I have a few things. So um, I'm not, not sure how complex you want me to get, but I'll break it down in a few categories. So I use a tool called ClickUp. Sure. Okay. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with ClickUp, but basically ClickUp, I have a, what's called a DMO. Every single day I have a task called the DMO and that's the daily method of operation. So okay. for my company to survive and to not just die, these are the tasks that need to happen from me. Now, potentially, you know, in the future, someone else can come in and take some of those tasks off my plate. But if I don't do these things, I mean, eventually the company will just die. So these are tasks that are in order every day. And after my meetings, what I do is I start with this DMO, daily method of operation task. So Mm -hmm. first thing is check my email. Just It's not a reply. I'll just check and sort through my email. Um, You know, the next part is to, there's just certain tasks that are, uh, you know, based specifically for our company. Um, And then one of those tasks is like respond to the email or figure out what to do with the email, whether I ignore it, whether I send it to someone else, uh, I delegate it, um, or whether I come up with a response. So I have this in ClickUp every day at 7 a.m. A task is generated called the DMO, the daily method of operation. And I have to, I go through that after my my meetings, and once mm-hmm. that's done, that's when I can start working on the actual um, you know guts of the business. And I do that by using a tool called Pomo Focus. 
So okay. with Pomo Focus is basically a, I, I set a 90 minute timer. So I put on a timer for 90 minutes. And during that 90 minutes, I'm trying to work on stuff that, um, you know, is the core of our business and sales and things like that, but I'm not being distracted. So uh, my friends, they can't, they're not going to text me. I mean, they'll text me, they'll call me, but I'm not responding to any texts. I'm not responding to any emails. Uh, I'm not even opening up my emails and I'm just trying to produce as much quality stuff as I can do that for 90 minutes. Once my buzzer goes off and Pomo focus, typically 30 to 45 minutes, I will do some more of what I call like, you know, the shallow stuff. So I'll mm-hmm. email, walk around, go get some coffee, hang out, do things that aren't, you know, aren't there. They're not as important, but they still need to be done. And then I'll Got try it. to do three of these sessions a day. I'll try to have three 90 minute sessions where okay. you can't get a hold of me. I'm not checking the emails. I'm not browsing the web. I'm just trying to produce the best that I can, trying to come up with partnerships, trying to come up with new strategies for for customer acquisition. And I'm really focusing on the business and not just doing the daily you know, grind of it. Um, mm-hmm. So that, uh, that makes up the majority of my workday. And then what I'll do is uh, in, so I, I always use multiple desktops. I'm not sure if you're familiar okay. with that concept, but I'm very big on using multiple desktops. So okay. one desktop I have is basically like my WhatsApp and my chat. And that desktop mm-hmm. is in its own world at the very end, my last desktop, and I can't access <laughs> okay. that easily. So if you message me like even right now, if someone's texting me, I have no idea what's what's going on because they don't have that desktop open. And that's how okay. I want it to be. Um, absolutely okay. no notifications. I don't do any notifications. If you message me, um, if you call and you're in my favorites list, I'll see the call, but otherwise, outside of uh, you know that or a sales call, or if you're calling like our office numbers, I just won't see your call. I'll get to it eventually during this 30 to 45 minute break where I'm drinking coffee and hanging out. But otherwise, I feel like if you're gonna call me during this 90 minutes and I'm gonna even see your call, I'm, just, I'm gonna get distracted. It's gonna throw me off and between brain you know, switching tasks, it's, it's too complicated. So I use multiple desktops for that. Um, oh, wow. I use, uh, yeah, maybe I could tell you a little bit about my, my email. Yes, please. Yeah. So with my email, I have, uh, I'd like to say I figured out the email game. So I'm a big subscriber to inbox zero. Okay. Um, however, I've tweaked it a little bit where I don't need to have an empty inbox, but my inbox just needs to be full of things that are actionable. So okay. if someone emails me, you know, and says, you know, have a great weekend or something. And that thread is done. I'm instantly archiving that. And there's nothing left for do. There's nothing actionable for me to do on that email. So that email is being archived. Um, okay. Another thing is what I'll do is I'll snooze things. So someone says, you know, hey, Roman, I need you to respond by Friday to this email. And to me, it's not as, uh, you know, it's not a top priority. And I know that I can get it done on Wednesday or Thursday because I have some time. I'll just snooze it till then. I want it out of my inbox. I don't want it to keep popping up and me thinking about my response to that. So I do inbox zero in a, in a creative way where I'll still leave emails in my my inbox at the end of the day, you know, maybe anywhere between five and 10, but it's only because those emails require me to take some action on them. And I didn't, you know, fulfill that. But otherwise what I'll do is, and the first thing I do in the morning, is scan through my emails and just organize them. Mm-hmm. Most of them I end up just tossing. I'm like, I, this is, you know, okay. <laughs> I end up like archiving it because even though they're, so I don't get any spam emails at all. Okay. Fantastic. So I have zero spam because I use mailman. So oh. no one is spamming me at all because if they do, they're going straight to my blocked folder. I'll review it once a day. That's part of my DMO. So part of my daily method of operation is to review 
uh, go to Mailman, see what emails need to be reviewed. And after that, I hop into my inbox. And now I know that all the junk, because I get tons of junk. I mean, last week, my blocked emails were seven, like, uh, just the folder had like 700 emails in it. And this was only wow. for Yeah, so I'm, people are trying to always, we have a pretty active blog. So I'll get mm -hmm. tons of responses to tons of okay. guest posts. And that stuff just drives me crazy. So I'm just, I'm going, I'm in mailman every day, just block, 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 blocking everything that anybody wants to do any guest posts. Again, because I don't, uh, you know, I subscribe to not, not feeling obligated to respond. I don't, I don't, whereas in before I felt, you know, I got to say, I'm sorry, or this isn't a good opportunity. Now I'm just, I'm, I'm blocking it off. So, um, and it, mailman actually only delivers my emails three times a day. Okay. And that way, even if I decide during the 90 minutes that I have this insane itch and I want to see what's going on, uh, Mailman allows me to basically not, it does, it, well, I guess not allows me, but it doesn't even allow me to do that because mm -hmm. I can go into my inbox and there won't be any new emails regardless because Mailman's holding them back. So I did that for like a week or two. And then after that, I just know, look, there's no point to look at my emails. They're not even going to be there even if I tried, like there's just, what's the point? So that really helped with my productivity during that 90 minutes that I'm running around really trying to focus. It, it just, it doesn't, the thought no longer comes in my head. Like what's, did we get a response to that important email? Because I'm not even gonna see it till 12 o'clock. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Wow, man. Thank you so much for this great plug. I mean, <laughs> this was so yeah. unexpected. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's, yeah. So I'm very, I'm very big. People, people, you know, if they don't have an email figured out, then their company's paying them to just be like a, a processor that just processes emails all day. And that's, it's, you know, they're not, you're not getting the best out of your employee if the, all they're doing is just data transmission. You know what I mean? Let's oh, yes, there's going to be, you know what I mean? There's going to be AI soon that'll do that for you. And then what? Then yeah. you can't yeah. just be an email machine. That's not the point of life. It's not the point of business. Um, so in order to do that, you know, I figured you have to hack your emails through tools yeah. like this, through learning how to snooze. Folders is a big one. Everything goes in a separate yes. folder for me. So they don't just end up in my inbox. I'll have a folder where I know it's not important things or it's things that are not important at the moment. So I won't worry about that email. So if you email me and I know everything I get from you is not super important things that I need to do right away, you'll, you'll just go in a different folder that I'll eventually get to. Got it. Fantastic. Okay. So let me ask you the email question a little differently. Yep. Which desktop do you use for your email? So, so I have multiple desktops and my one desk. So my first desktop is my email. It's okay. I have uh, like in Google Chrome, I'll have my email pinned there. But again, I'm not actively looking on that because okay. one pinned. So if I'm browsing or if I'm doing anything else, I don't even see it. Again, remember no notifications. So whatever. Okay. And then I know that I'm just not going to get an email between eight to twelve and between twelve to four. So I'm only really checking in around these eight eight o'clock, twelve o'clock, and four o'clock. That's the only time I'm checking emails. And again, that doesn't mean I'm dropping everything at that time and responding. All I'm doing during that time is organizing. So 12 o'clock comes, mailman tells me, here you go over the last four hours, you've gotten, you know, these 20 emails, maybe only three of them that I actually want to take some action on. And the others I'm archiving, or I am just simply snoozing them to a point in the future where I think I'll be able to access them better. And just that's for me at the end of the day to understand that wasn't an important email that should have been responded to today. Got it. Got it. But so you still use your uh, main work, deep work desktop to do your yep. emails, um, but all the other messaging applications are on the other desktop. They're a completely different desktop and I'll access them during that 30 to 45 minutes where I'm okay. not trying to produce anything, you know, I'll just and, go and, yep. and what about this device that you have in your phone, uh, uh, yeah, in, in your so pocket, what happens to this? 
Yeah, so this device that I have on my phone, um, I'm not sure if you can see mine or not, but yes, it's... Yes, uh, again. So I have it on black and white, so my phone's on okay. gray still. I don't believe in like the color stuff because it's less, <laughs> okay. less stimulating. Um, no notifications whatsoever, mostly no apps either. Uh, most things that you have an app for, you don't actually need an app for. The company's uh -huh. just created an app, like Amazon. Like, just How can you live without the Amazon app? If I want to go on the internet, I'll just go on Amazon.com. And mm -hmm. if I'm on mobile and I don't have access to a computer, then I'll just go on the browser and go to Amazon. So I think most apps were created just to be, just to say they have an app. I don't think it's mm -hmm. necessary because you can okay. find most of these apps just within the browser and they just clog up room and they're always pulling at you. Um, so my phone has no notifications whatsoever. The only wow. text messages I'll receive are from my favorites list. So if my uh -huh. wife texts me, I'll get it. Uh, but otherwise, if it's just a random person texting me or a friend, it'll come, but it'll just be muted. And then during that 35, 30, 45 minutes each day where I'm in between, you know, trying to produce the work, I'll respond to them accordingly, you know, and the same approach. I don't believe that everyone needs to have a response for me. So, you know, people, we live, we live in this world where people will say, oh, it's so rude. Like they message mm -hmm. me, I don't even say anything. If I decide to respond in the future, I never say I'm sorry. I don't say, look, because okay. that's how we got here anyways, by saying, wow, this is, I'm, I feel so sorry that I didn't respond because I should have, because, you know, society tells me you should respond right away. But I'm very big on just being like, hey, you know, I got your message. I'm not interested or just simply ignoring it. And then if I see that okay. person, you know, and they say, well, why didn't you respond to my message? I'll simply tell them, you know, I was, I was busy at the time. And I know. If I'm obligated to respond to every message, my life would be completely useless. It would just be me. Would, I would be a data exchange center. Just, yes, you know what I okay. mean? <laughs> Absolutely. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yep. So uh, I, I can, uh, uh, I'm just trying to find patterns. So the one pattern that I have uh, figured out figured out is that uh, you are the person who has uh, tried to get control over these technologies versus the other way around where yeah. because of all these notifications, they are trying to pull um, you towards yep. themselves. But now you have turned off notifications, you, are, you, you have different desktops, you have managed your email so that when you want to get to them, you can, exactly. but yep. they do not have a power to pull you towards themselves. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I want to be in a situation where I always want to be in a situation where if I say I just don't feel like checking my email today, or mm -hmm. I just don't feel like even being on my phone most of the day, that I don't have the anxiety around what's actually happening there. Are things going, you know, because the reality is we, we're consumed with this idea that we always think it's worse than it is. So most people that I would talk yes. to today, if I was to tell them, look, turn off your phone tomorrow completely, in their mm -hmm. head, they'll say my business will shut down, my house will light on fire, everything will go wrong, but I challenge people to do that because I'm certain you will come back the next day and realize you're not, you don't, it's not as serious as you thought. You know what I mean? You don't I see. have that yes. many tasks, that many people that actually really need your, your attention at that exact moment. You know what I mean? You'll get yes. people asking you for coffee to work on projects, to do all these things that really they're not, you know, you're not a fireman. Like you're, you'll be fine. You'll, if you respond a day late, it's okay. And I mm -hmm. don't feel you're obligated to say, Hey, I'm so sorry I didn't respond to your email. You know, um, every single time. Yep. Or, of course, if it's something that is expected a response, that that's a little different. You know, you don't want to just say it's my world. You know, you live in it. But certain things, I think we apologize for way too much that we can just simply say, look, it's I'm so you know I I don't feel that I needed to give you my attention at that moment. 
at that day at that second for something so little that you were asking for this is this is incredible i need this confidence this is yeah, incredible yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay rowan so we're towards the end of this uh, conversation and this is the place where i ask all our guests this magical question so yeah. just imagine suppose magically every single day for the rest of your life you get one additional hour so instead of 24 four hours a day you have 25 five hours a day yeah uh, one more hour more than everybody else how would you spend it um so if i had one more hour than everybody else i would definitely spend it away from any technology whatsoever i would shut okay. down my laptop during that hour i would shut down my uh you know my phones and everything i wouldn't use that hour to do any deep work or anything i would just actually step away and i would focus on you know what my values are as a human outside of work so rather okay. that spending time you know studying my religion rather that spending time with my wife hanging out with um you know my dogs even i would focus that hour particularly on anything outside of work okay uh, yeah. and it would be totally away from anything digital anything yes it would be a to- 100% away from anything digital wow yes. fantastic I think everyone i think everyone in their life could use an extra hour without all that technology yes 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 this is this is this is i think i think the technology has made it a little bit more difficult to achieve this sort of nirvana but i think yeah. you have figured a lot of things out um i am going to try a few things like turning off all of my notifications and seeing uh if i miss something urgent or not <laughs> yes definitely yeah it's, it's yeah i love technology I, i'm very big on it i grew up with it it's been an important staple in my life i don't think we should eliminate it but i think we mm-hmm. need to have better habits around it and like mm-hmm. you said we need to make it work for us because if you mm-hmm. leverage utilize technology you can do great things but if you let technology use you it's you know you're not going to produce good stuff at work it's going to be it's going to it can take over your life so i think we all need uh you know we need to take a step back whether that's that hour one day to disconnect and really focus not just on being away from it but actually be mindful of are we using this to mm-hmm. benefit our work and our personal life or is it just something that is pulling us so much you know yes absolutely absolutely uh roman thank you so much uh if anybody wants to follow along your journey get in touch with you know more about you what's the best way how 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 can somebody know more about more about more about roman and one desk yeah so i'm definitely so definitely don't email me right okay <laughs> um, so i'm very big on linkedin i like linkedin a lot i use linkedin as my like just quick exchange because i mm-hmm. think if somebody has a quick question or somebody just wants to you know see what's up i don't think that requires an entire email string of 500 messages back and forth so i do i love linkedin so i would say go to my linkedin you can always message me on linkedin if it's any questions anything related to productivity anything i'm i'm very happy to answer short questions and just get a string going on there because that's a great way to separate you know uh, also uh, to keep it away from yes. inbox you know what i mean yes 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 If you're listening to this episode on a podcast application you will find link to his LinkedIn profile in the show notes um uh, and if you're reading i mean you'll see the link of the blog post itself um thank you so much roman for taking out time i absolutely enjoyed these small small bits and pieces that you have figured out different desktops no notifications absolutely yeah. loved it um thank you so much for enlightening us with your productivity routines your life your journey uh it was amazing yeah thank you so much for having me i hope i uh you know was 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 able to give you some good insight and uh, encourage everyone again to not eliminate technology but take one little hour one little step back and uh, really focus on you know making it work for you and making it work for us oh absolutely i'm going to track few things from this and by the time this episode will be out i will write a follow up uh, episode my experience with your routines 
Awesome. Yeah, that would be great. Fantastic. All right. Bye-bye, Rowan. Yeah, bye-bye. Take care.